0: You some
1: welcome to the table. Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your, your premium North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time.
0: And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. It's Thursday night. It's the newest episode of the Rugby Rant, episode 113, featuring Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt our buddy ty couldn't be with us uh tonight but that's okay he's with us in spirit that's one of the good things about the show me hammer and and, and staff are actually really good buddies and we talk about rugby constantly over text it's like you know if we were talking about uh, uh reality tv or something but um you know we're, we're gonna come at you with the latest in rugby news right now with our around the pitch segment oh. And before I'm not going to kick it off. I'm actually going to have the hammer kick it off. Hammer, what's your first topic for round
1: First topic: uh, Midwest Championships in Lamont, Illinois, will be taking place uh, in just two days from when this airs. Uh, I think that is going to be the November uh, 13th uh, on Saturday and on Sunday. Um, you've got um, action happening uh, in Lamont, Illinois, at the Chicago Blaze Rugby Club, my hometown. Um, I know the the D1. Uh, Bombers are going to be playing here in town, but I'm not sure where they're going to be at, but we'll have D1 women's Chicago Lions versus the Metro Valkyries. D2 men's Chicago Blaze, go Blaze, versus the Eastside Banshees. You got women's D2 Detroit RFC versus Milwaukee Scullies. You got men's D3 Detroit versus Chicago Riot, go Chicago Riot. And you got men's D4 Flint uh, Rogues versus Red River RFC. Should be a great slate of games happening all weekend. Down there at the chicago blaze rugby club
0: nice and i'm kicking it over to myself um we're talking about the usa getting their opening win in the repertoire tournament against kenya being played in dubai usa 68 kenya 14 on the butcher dylan fawcett gets a hat trick you love to see it man um, of the match also, yep man of the match and you had another brace by christian dyer um nate Osberger scores um found on a schultz jameson Fonana on a schultz scores uh um I believe debutant Mitch Wilson scored uh, the Mm -hmm. last one. Luke Cardi hit four or five conversions. AJ McGinty hit five conversions. Uh, There was a yellow card on CC Mahoney that, in my opinion, should have been a red card for a clear out directly to the head. Don't know what the heck the referee or the TMO was doing to not give CC a red card. And CC, brother, what the hell are you thinking with that clear out? You got to get your head straight. Uh, We're playing Hong Kong uh, this upcoming week. Um, Not really sure of the time. I forgot right now, but this is our... our second of three matches, uh, if we win all three matches, we get that second America spot in the Rugby World Cup. Hammer, what's your second round of pitch?
1: Well, I'm uh, a big supporter of championships, so I'm going to shoot right over to the National Collegiate Rugby NCR Championships. Um, there's going to be a couple weekends in which this is going to transpire. Uh, it starts November 12th. you got uh, women's D2 th- uh, Um, And you got uh, women's small colleges. We have locations in Elkhart, Indiana, Wayne, um, let's see, Nebraska, Culpeper, VA, uh, Virginia, and Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, Then on November 18th, you got women's D1 um, in Reading, Pennsylvania, in St. Louis. And then uh, December 3rd and 4th, you've got the whole enchilada, the big tamale, the matzo ball, if you will, happening in Houston at Aviva Stadium, D1. D2 small college finals put on by NCR. Congratulations. We're going to get Jeremy Therese, uh, the head of NCR, on soon. And he's going to we're going to give him an opportunity to talk about this great event being put on in an MLR stadium.
0: And my last topic for the night, uh, I'm talking about the Rugby World Cup 2021. You had a semifinal clash between the Red Roses and the girls up north, the Maple Leafs of Canada. Man, it was a friggin' back and forth, just gut punching match. Um, Red Roses come out on top, twenty six to Canada's nineteen points, um, and it was really just a a, a couple penalty uh, conversions that that really sealed the deal for the Red Roses. I mean, this match was back and forth. It was physical. Um, it, it was everything you can want in a match. It was it was unbelievable. Um, you know, England. You know, in the first fifteen minutes, England looked to be in control, and then all of a sudden, the Canadians start to come back and uh, all of a sudden you know it's the the women's canadian team is a true team playing team they pass the ball everybody gets a shot everybody's making breakouts everybody's making hard tackles it's just not one woman making all the plays and uh, they almost edge the number one or number two team in the world actually i think the red roses were number one at the time Mm -hmm. um uh in a semifinal, um the red roses will play new zealand um, after, in the second semifinal, New Zealand and France came down to a last-second penalty kick, in which France missed uh, to send uh, the Black Ferns over to the final. It'll be a Red Roses versus Black Ferns final. But good job. The the uh, Rugby Canada women had a great, great run and played their frigging hearts out and just, just lose by, you know, seven points. Just a converted try is, 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 is one, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to drop. But guys, you know, we're, we're coming up with our uh, rant right now. And uh, this is a hot topic. We're very excited to talk about it. But before we do that, we got to get a word from our sponsors.
1: Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own rugby rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse, in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark baile-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try.
0: And we're back, Rugby Rant fans. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrari. We got Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt. It's rant time. It's episode 113, if you didn't remember from our uh, around the pitch uh, segment beforehand. And we got two, uh, two long-time uh, uh, assets to this show who we love to have on because they have great um, opinions. The rugby knowledge is unmatched. Uh, John Cullen, who's going to be the new coach at University of Northern Iowa. And then we have Rick, the Jackal King Collins, who is the interim president of the Jackal Den and part of the board of directors there. Guys, welcome back to the show.
2: Glad to be here, man. This is uh, This is the day that i look forward to every three months <laughs> or so <laughs> super excited to be here with it with a pro mr john cullen yeah
3: For, former former pro, <laughs> former pro. Uh, you're, no, you're, always, you're always a pro, in, pro. In, in our minds and in our
1: hearts john wayne yes, and so. and by the way i love both these guests scott because uh, i love to hear john cullen say kick rocks nerd <laughs> and I, I usually um rick has a glass of Cavarcier or something like that i think you know after after, after the rants over i think you know he dims down the lights and he puts on a little rick james
2: oh. or something
0: like that and you know it's what
1: you know how
2: i live i got the cigar ready too
0: <laughs> nice nice i had a nice stogie on saturday but anyway we're here to talk about some uh some mlr news and as you guys As you know, probably already know, uh, we're down to 12 teams. Uh, We were down to 11. We're back up to 12. Uh, Major League Rugby had issued a 2023 competition update on October 25th, 2022. Um, The MLR today announced that the 2023 MLR season will now feature 12 teams in a two conference competition. 11 of the teams that competed in 2022 will return for the 2023 campaign. However, neither the Austin Gilgronies nor the LA Giltinis will participate. They talk about an expansion team, which we now know is Chicago. Um, and quoting the commissioner, while we understand this news is a business, uh, excuse me, is, a, is disappointing for the fans, players, and stakeholders of these two teams, the decision was made after much deliberation and council and with the best interest of the league in mind. Again, that's George Kilbrew, the commissioner. So what does that mean? That also means there's going to be a dispersal draft. 72, 72 players from L.A. Or, excuse me, 72 players from L.A. 72 players, 38 from L.A., 34 from Austin. Um, will be allocated in the preliminary list for the dispersal draft. Um, AG and Guiltini players have the right to opt out of the dispersal draft as the final list of players will be released um, to the existing MLR teams and, I would assume, Chicago uh, sometime in the next couple days. Uh, However, if a player opts out of the dispersal drafts, they cannot sign with an MLR team until the halfway point of the 2023 season. Uh, Each existing franchise will get a total of four picks, while the expansion team will get a total of 16. Teams who decide to pass in the first round or pass twice in consecutive rounds will be excluded from the rest of the dispersal draft. Um, real quick, before we kick it off to John Cullen, I just want to say these are the exact same rules from the last dispersal draft. Um, people have read these rules and they've been re- pretty fired up about it. Um, but if you've been a fan of the MLR since the beginning, I think we've had two dispersal drafts at this point now, because we had one for Colorado and another one for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Those are the exact same rules. If And, and you know, if a player doesn't want to be in the dispersal draft, they have to wait till the the second half of the next season. Um, man, it's, it's tough. You have a former uh, Shield winning team. You have the AGs who are right up there um, doing very well last season, and they're not in the competition anymore. Now we have a, a, a true Midwest team uh, in Chicago, um, and we're waiting for more information on them. But let's talk about this breaking news. John Cullen, what do you got, buddy?
3: Yeah, that gosh, there's so many there's so many layers to this. Um with with the dispersal, I get it obviously as a as a former player myself, I mean every part of me is going to disagree with if, if you choose to opt out, you got to wait to the mid-season thing. That's a bit silly. I, I could see where it made sense with the the um you know, the artist artist formerly known as the Colorado Raptors um <laughs> And that is so new. And most of those guys, like if they were Colorado guys, they're sticking around anyways for whatever was going on or, you know, it, it was kind of a weird one. I think at this point with two such established teams and to bring in the factor of what those rosters were composed of um, it's it. I think it's more of a hindrance to some of the teams than it is to the players. Um But it's tough. I mean, a dispersal draft's tough. Obviously, you don't quite know and you know, we don't always have the ins on with some of those high profile LA and Austin guys if they're even gonna come back to the MLR. So maybe it's a it's a mute point anyways. And um, you know, I still I still am gonna feel for some of those local guys if they were like genuinely Austin guys, which they had a couple of them. There are some Southern California guys on the LA team that it's like you're just going to pick up and move your LA base. This was like a dream come true, right? Like I think of it as if I put it in, in, in my own shoes, right? Like the Warriors had folded at the time. I mean, you, the league itself, just with how Utah our team was built for those first couple of years. Um, you know, a lot of those guys can't leave. A lot of the Utah players can't leave, right? They've got families, jobs, all the things that we were working with in those first couple of years. But I'm like, you know, you, uh, those players with a family, can you pick up and leave, move to Chicago or New Orleans or, you know, Dallas for an MLR salary? I I, I kind of feel for the guys um, on that one a little bit. But, I mean, it sucks. It is what it is, and I hope they they find a, a good scenario. I will say, I mean, this, this situation, I don't have much to say about the situation with the teams, obviously. I think that's been beaten to death of what happened, how it happened, sale, no sale blah, blah, blah. But it's the next point. It's probably been beaten to death, but I got to say it. I mean, as far as the MLR goes of um, just absolutely knocking it out the park of developing mistrust within a fan base and a player profile. I mean, they, you know, the stock market's down, but their stock is rising in mistrust and it's just, it blows my mind over and over and over. People are begging for transparency, communication. Tell us what is going on. I steal it from the military all the time. Just give the bad news first. Say what's happening, right? If you tell me, hey, we got seven days in the field. It's raining. It's cold. You're going to eat shit. And you're going to love it. And we're just going to get through it. You're like, sweet. All right, this is what we got. Cool. Let's move forward and make the best of it. But if it's like no information or you're you're trying to sell sunshine and rainbows and you know you drop these bombs on people it's just it's creating this weird it's just this massive mistrust through the league and and you know players are already going to be salty about pay and things like that and it's like you keep throwing these layers on this league and this thing we were so excited about and we're still excited about. It. i still love love that we have this but it's like you keep throwing these like layers for people to pick at and i've always just been like just put put it all out there put all the information out there what the hell is going on the more people yep. know the less freaking yahoos you got on a reddit page just sitting in their basements thinking of the most wazoo outcomes that you could possibly think of <laughs>
0: first off
1: that's a a person, on a no, 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 hold on hold
0: there's on. a window that's behind a personal you. attack it's a personal <laughs> attack on the other two gentlemen, we currently have... <laughs> <laughs> I will not tolerate that. I will not tolerate...
3: Hey, I'm just someone in my room. So i be like, what the hell do you know? You don't run a goddamn professional sports league. And I was like, I get it. But, you know, being in the professional world, being in all these different worlds, like, just, just put the damn information out in a marginally timely manner like we're not we're like asking for bare minimums and we're still not getting it and it's like you know i get all revved up with like as a player i remember asking for you know a piece of bread and i got breadcrumbs so i was like oh shit all right i'll just pack these all together and it'll be kind of a piece of bread but it's like just tell me you're giving me breadcrumbs
0: i hear you and, and i think transparency is the thing me and rob and ty have talked about about in these situations with the mlr and there isn't any the only caveat I will give to that transparency portion is if there was a legal situation in which they felt there was going to be a liability you know for what what they say we're, we're, we will never know that right but we do know that there were lawsuits brought against the league we don't know whatever ever came of them so I'm just just to play devil's advocate on that particular portion for this situation.
3: well and I think too this is along those same lines right I think we even saw firsthand, across the pond, how intricate and how many layers and moving pieces there are to these situations as, you know, heartbreaking for some like what happened to Worcester yeah. and, and Wasp. And Wasp, yep. And I'm no, like, I, that's brutal, right? Like London Wasp was one of the most historic programs. Right. In like, that, I mean, I think
0: there was, I think they said there was 14 uh, current and former MLR players that were associated with the Wasp at one
3: point. Yeah. This, and like, that would be unthinkable to someone if you, you know, you said it a couple years ago or whatnot. And, and you kind of, I always look at that as like, okay, Wasp has been around for umpteenth decades. You know, I don't know for sure there's more layers built into that than what an MLR franchise probably has. But I mean, you still kind of got to see like, okay, they're like, and, and I, I'm not saying this to like the random Twitter dude or Facebook guy that like is doing these weird gut reactions to it. I was like, there's a lot more, right? If one dude messed up so bad, he's losing both his teams and, all yeah. like, all these things that we'll never know and everyone speculates, I, I can fully accept, yeah, there's a lot more going on. i like, hey, someone just buy these two teams. It'll be fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. John, yeah. easy. No problem.
2: <laughs>
0: fine. Austin, LA, just buy them. Great places yeah. to
3: live. And it's John, like- here's
2: the deal. is like Gilchrist can come and buy the teams if, if that's what – you know, the league's going to allow, but are we putting the the blame at his door at his doorstep? Or are we going to put it at the, at the doorstep of the commissioner and, and the, the owner's group?
1: Well, yeah. Remember, I mean, the owners had the approve of this, of, of the original sale of, of Austin and the creation of a new team. So I, mean, I think it's a two thirds majority approval. So, you know, the, the, they kind of have to look in the mirror first in my, in my mind.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think what you see though, is two different situations as you see yeah. in England is a lack of commercialization for those teams for for whatever reason the fan base and the league and the teams themselves la- lack a certain commercializations that that a United States sports franchise is supposed to have and with that commercialization comes comes the money to sustain that and i think what most uh, mlr uh, uh, owners and the league is trying to do is to continue on that that portion of it um, so I think it's two distinct different things. Now, the, the big thing is, I think people have to realize he didn't have two votes. You know, he was considered a a non voting mo- uh, owner, I believe, of AGS. You know, so so that's something that people don't realize because that was another thing. Well, he ha, ha, he had to, he didn't have two votes. He was considered a non voting member. And from what I understand in the twenty twenty season, he had his hand in a lot of teams to keep them afloat, just so that they that way they remain solvent, almost handing out little um, small time loans that everybody had paid back in twenty twenty. I mean, for all the bad things we want to talk about, Gilchrist, you know, who knows where the – Hey,
2: sometimes you have to pay the tax man.
0: Well, in his case, he didn't pay the tax man in Australia, and I think that's (laughs) –
3: Yeah, listen, I'm on the weird side of it, I think, because I'm probably too biased as a player. I fucking loved everything that guy was doing. Like, everything that dude – everything I heard from the L.A. guys and everything I heard from the Austin guys, I loved what that dude was doing. but. I mean, yeah, whatever he had on his personal business side that leached into it, that's super unfortunate. And uh, and I'll, I'll say I kind of purposely probably didn't dive into it. And if I'm wrong, all you guys, please stop me. But the things about... Not-
1: I'll do it on Reddit.
3: No, yeah, please. <laughs> if, if it was things of like not paying staff and not paying players and some of the things that came out like, ooh, okay, you crossed the line. But I'm like, oh, you... you that was it. right you handed so and so a little a little piece of the pie at f45 and you're putting dudes in beach houses Mm -hmm. and you're getting them places to live and cars and a trainer and food i'm like i was the i was the number one advocate of like i hope this dude pisses everyone off and they both keep winning every year and it's like oh yeah this is how you run a professional sports team you treat people like pros and they carry themselves that way and then the other shit came out and i was like ooh. Never mind.
2: it it felt a lot like you know robbing peter to pay paul in this situation and he was getting a lot from peter and so he was able to give a lot to the teams but the problem was he couldn't pay paul back yeah yeah yeah
0: well you know rick rick has rick has his opinions and we're going to give him his time to rent ricky what do you got
2: so um you know kind of knew all along there was there was going to be something with these two teams um I think, John, what you're saying is true. We need to treat these guys like professionals. And seeing what the Jackals' last administration did, ownership group, uh, handed out to players was um, pretty terrible, to be fair. Um, You know, I got to talk to a lot of players. I coached some of them at the Harlequins uh, before they ended up over there. And to hear personally from them, you know, what their days were like over there, you know, not great. But... Um, when you've got a guy who's spending that much money on a league where you're clearly going to be losing money for five years. Um, and I, I to be honest, I, I kind of thought, you know, this is a fad. you know, the exercise business, especially open up gyms is, is hugely fad based, right? I mean, there's only two or three companies that are still around from the nineties in that, in that area, right? You got like 24 hours still around LA, And that might be about it. Everybody else is just, you know, you come and go.
3: I mean, there's there's two gold
2: gyms left in the United States of America. There you go. Exactly. And so it's just risky. And he was, he had, you know, basically sold uh, the U.S., uh, you know, uh, consumers on F45, uh, brought in a ton of money by uh, going public, and then all of a sudden it's falling apart. Not hugely surprising, um, but I, I think unfortunately he wasn't able to separate the rugby from obviously his F forty five business, and now he's gone into
3: into hiding. You talk about transparency. Sorry, is, just, do, you, do you mean the soon to be most successful uh, single serve? Drink business that the United States of America would have <laughs> ever seen? Is that what you're talking? Listen,
0: we got word from Giltini's fans that the Giltini was a delicious beverage.
3: No, and
2: and I heard that there were gilgroni's not, not if you,
0: not if you talked to TJ.
1: He thought they were shit, but he liked their beer.
2: <laughs> yeah, but T- hey, go by TJ's taste. You remember the renders know. of that stadium he was going to build? Holy crap! Yeah, I, I,
3: I'm not gonna lie, I wanted one so bad. <laughs>
0: I mean, we all wanted to try one, but I th- I think hey, what everybody what tries Malort mind. every once in a while. You know That's what I'm
3: true. saying? I mean my bucket list. I haven't done it yet. That's a big <laughs> bucket list. Hey, when you
1: when you come to Chicago, we'll do it upright. You get some Malort. Yes.
3: I think I think yeah, one for, of the best for, parts for.
2: about this though is that LA and Austin to me are are pr- I think Austin struggle a little bit, but to be honest, I think the Austin market is a proven market for a yeah. for a small level sports team. Whether you see what they did with the Austin FC soccer team, holy crap! That place is sold out every night. The fans are crazy. There's no reason you couldn't do that with rugby, and I think LA is clearly a market. They were able to get some fans if you had the right stadium. You know, you've got a market there for for rugby as well for professional rugby. So I think those markets come back at some point. So I, I think that's a good thing that's come out of this. Um, also, a good thing is Chicago getting a team. Um, Maybe not the administrative group that we would have liked to see <laughs> get a team. That uh, There might be bias there a little bit. Um, the, way, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest issue that I'm seeing with this is um, just the way that, that players are treated. And uh, we're looking at the dispersal draft in particular here. And the statement by the U.S. Rugby Players Association, obviously they don't really have a big hand in MLR, but they do have a big hand with Eagles players. And the struggle that these players are going to have, um, as John mentioned, like finding finding a new team. So they might get drafted by, let's say they get drafted by Chicago and moving from L.A. And most of the guys that are going to stay in this draft are guys that are probably on, uh, you know, 12 to $15 an hour uh, contracts, right? They just, they're trying to get on with a professional team. You know, they're just trying to make it.
3: We are not going to get under, under 20 on the salary for sure.
2: Right. They're not the guys who are, you know, who might go over to France or go over to England or go to Japan or something like that and play, or even go to New Zealand and play. Right. These are the guys who are just trying to hang on, maybe, you know, become an Eagle um, or continue as a pool player for the Eagles. And um, this is going to be hugely difficult for them. I mean, giving up, you're going to have to give up your day job, which all these guys are going to have a day job and then move maybe family across country, leave their current family. Uh, You know, let's say they're, you know, born and raised in LA, leaving them and going to Chicago to play for a year or two. I I just think that's a disaster. Um, Now, is it a necessary disaster? Maybe, but Chicago's got a bunch of good clubs uh, I don't see why they couldn't sign enough overseas players and then bring in some of those. I mean, the Lions have been a great club for many years. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, call. I mean that Midwest has some of the best college rugby in the country. There's no reason. Yeah, there's some, there's some team there. in St.
0: Louis that Rob hasn't. Been too...
1: Yeah. Well, I heard there's a dude that used Our... to play for the Eagles that's over there in Iowa that was still putting his hand up to, you know, play major league rugby.
3: Put my hand up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i play One too many
1: knocks, huh, John?
3: Yeah, at this point, yeah. I get hurt. I'm at the point now I turn to hard corner where I could just get hurt doing stuff. (laughs) Welcome to being an
1: old man. I
3: I think. I played about three games this season, and I I had the, you know, we all know the walk on Sunday. (laughs) And my wife was just like, I thought, you like, why do you keep doing this? I was like, I don't know.
0: well that's i think that's the conversation every club rugby player has but before we get to the hammer i think one thing and john and and rick kind of touched on it commercially what gilchrist was doing yeah was on point with his promotions having the big parties at at, at, you know at the stadium documentary series the documentary series the ags had one of the best atmospheres i ever saw when it was on tr when they had those home matches on TRN. I'm going to go down. It was a party. They had that dude that everybody else seemed to hate outside of Austin. Noxy! Yeah, Noxy. Noxy, baby. They loved him. They okay. loved him in the stadium, man.
2: He used they to be up here now, in Dallas doing the Rangers games. Yeah,
0: listen. So, I mean, we might Isn't knock him outside of the market, but they loved him down there.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I, I second that. I liked everything they were doing, uh, right, from the visuals. right? What we yeah. saw, what the, what us, you know, Normies saw, I was like, they, they're killing it
2: armadillo races and all the other stuff man absolutely
1: so I, i'll you know I'll tell you that I, i've talked to a couple of players that were down there and they, they weren't getting paid i mean there were people that weren't getting paid so you know all the good stuff that that was happening commercially they weren't paying the bills It's crazy and that's a problem
0: absolutely so it's starting expanding expand on that hammer it's, it's your turn to rant
1: well so let, let me just get into a couple of pieces um and and let me get back to the issue that brought us here. Right, um, I think let's distinguish the fact that in the case of Colorado, in the case of Dallas, those two things were out of the control of the league. I think the league had much more control in this situation. Maybe not the sale of the clubs, but how things shook out. And if you think about the Colorado situation, they had eight, the league had eight. They announced a dispersal draft. I think in June. Of 2020 so there was a full eight months to prepare for a dispersal draft i mean i know we had blake rogers and we interviewed him mm-hmm. way before he was announced that he was going to la right so there was plenty of time dallas different situation they were at the mercy of dallas's late decision to close shop for 2021 and then move forward in 2022 so like they were dealt a bad hand that they just had to deal with as best
3: they could. So we weren't Wait, happy with right, Rob, when. Did, when did they move forward in twenty twenty two? No, I mean, I mean we we don't played. We, we played. Don't make. Oh, don't make oh, oh, sorry. I thought you we had heard. one of the largest average fan oh. attendance. No, they, no, I was just trying to get clarification. I didn't want. Oh didn't <laughs> no, they
0: had the most most lost scrum attempts in yeah. league history. You know? they, <laughs> sorry,
3: sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Rick.
0: <laughs> it's my rant, Cullen. Damn it. Um,
1: so, so I think they were dealt, you know, the, the league in both those situations deal with things as best they could. I, I, this is a very different situation in that regard in my mind. Because to me, the sale of Austin has been there and in existence and attempted for year. two years since since Gilchrist bought it. Right? It's been up for sale since. He was trying to make a commercially viable product. Right? And he did for all intents and purposes, until, you know, the house of cards fell. What the league should have done is gone with the transparency and communication piece and said to everybody, look, we can't talk about what happened with those teams. There is pending litigation. But if the teams aren't sold by X date, maybe it's by the collegiate draft in August, maybe it's by September 1, we have got to move forward with how to deal with the players on these teams to give them the proper time to prepare for the next step, whatever the step they choose to make. So I think the timeliness is of an issue, right? I think they could have got some player input, bring in a Bryce Campbell or a Nick Savetta or chavetta sorry, uh, a Butch, right. Somebody that's, you know, involved with the association, or just bring in a couple of players that are well-respected within the league and say, look, here are, here's the problem. Here are our constraints. We got to figure out a way forward what are your thoughts give us some input we because it it's going to impact players all the players because there's a potential for any player to be put as one of the five that any team may be elect to be selected in this dispersal draft right so give them you know a little bit of control
2: in in the teams. so they're like well now the teams have you know full rosters and these players uh,
1: well yeah it would have helped the teams too right because now you're having teams sign players and now all of a sudden they have to, so we don't have enough room in our salary cap in order to sign five additional players or two additional players. And we'd like this guy or that guy now, hold on. Now. So I think that the player input, I think the timeliness of it. And, and again, go back to communication. What's happening. What's the problem. When are we going to try to get this done by, why are we going to do it this way? And you know, who's going to be involved, who are the, you know, uh, stakeholders, And how are we going to resolve this, given the input from this group? And then you make the announcement to all players, not just those that are, you know, that are uh, in the dispersal or sorry, not those from just from L.A. and Austin to all players. And I feel bad for the guys that were on duty, either in South America or South Africa, who are getting this information, who are in player provided housing. And all of a sudden they're telling a fiance or a significant other or a spouse. Hey, babe, you got three
0: days to get out i'm in south america yeah good luck
3: i don't know one,
0: one of those well hold on one of those players in chris patina played his fucking ass off in south africa and got him on a, a spot to the dubai team and you know he was a guy who was written off two years prior uh for the eagles and well, Corey, i don't know if maybe that i don't know if that was a motivator for him you know
3: pay his rent after his tour
0: yeah, but I'm just, you know, I don't know if that was a motivator for him. Maybe he's like, you want to, you know, this, if this is what's come, going to come down to and this is going to be my shot. I mean, hell, he scored, he scored in his, his first match there when he came in uh, in South Africa. Like I said, he made that thing No, No, but I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the other thing is though, everybody has the misconception that the rosters are completely full at this point. They have guys, things aren't signed and things aren't uh, announced for a reason because things aren't signed yet. And as we know, you can sign a guy right now and then when the February deadline starts, he can't get his visa and you're looking for those guys. Yeah. Well, Say, let me just –
3: address- I was going to push back and ask a question because, yeah, I mean there's some there's some some wild shit that happens in November for MLR signings last minute. But also to, to more back your point, if I read it right, correct me if I'm wrong, that they're not making any salary cap adjustments or leniency right. – to, to allow these players to be filled into teams. Correct. And totally be, it's terrible for these guys.
0: And when, and when Dallas had their issues with, with their injuries last year, when they had the accident, the same thing, they, they were like, Oh, teams were trying to give them players, but the league wasn't giving them any type of uh, help on the salary cap side to get some of those players. Cause I, I know specifically two or three teams who I spoke to their GMs, who were like, we have per diem players who were willing to go there, but they couldn't sign them. Here's the thing, though. In that case, I mean,
1: Dallas, <laughs> they, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I mean, that's where you got to ask your players to be a bit more professional, having known what happened in that situation. But uh, in this case, look, uh, what they could – first of all, I disagree with Rick. I think the team, the, the guys that Chicago is going to sign aren't going to be the per diem type of guys. They're going to look to sign – You know, significant signings. You know, uh, with with um, the the standard contract type of guys at at important positions that they know are a necessity, perhaps the spine positions. And then they're, they're, you know, if they're smart, they're going to look to fill in the per diem guys with again those collegiate, those lions, the griffins, some other guys. Haven't I don't know that they'll have time for an open tryout. Maybe they do. Uh, to maybe attract some of those guys you are going to fill out your roster and be good, you know, be good dummies to, uh, for the MLR, problem, MLR quality guys to, to, to hit, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday.
2: This isn't the Raptors players. This isn't the Dallas Jackals players in this dispersal draft. Both of those teams were basically full of guys who, you know, were on mm-hmm. basically per DM contracts um, guys who are development style players, not necessarily big name players and you've got I
3: mean, Austin in L.A. I wouldn't agree with that with Colorado.
0: Okay. That's Colorado, fair. I mean, Mika Cruze. Yeah,
3: that um, Colorado team the, was.
0: Yeah, that Colorado yeah, team. Sean was Davies. Luke Carty. Was Luke Carty on the part of that team? Will, Will. Connor Cook. Still had Will.
1: I mean, it wasn't. Um, Connor it was Cook. Really, Uh Yeah, there was. I mean, there was some. Yeah. yeah, Don't forget, those Colorado guys made it to the finals.
3: I say I know I know what you're saying, but I have to push back on the Colorado one. I mean, that was historically they just turned Glendale into they just started legally paying Glendale players. Oh yeah. No,
2: but my my point being is that the Austin and LA sides had guys that are current USA Eagles, big time players, and a lot of foreign players who are big time players who why would they you know, go into a dispersal draft when they could go and play overseas somewhere just to make more money. But I
1: think they had their fair share, like a guy like Cardi, a guy like John, um, uh, John Ryberg,
3: um, you know, who's the young wing wing at L.A. Um, Ryan James, Ryan James, James, you know,
1: Michael Duvall. Uh, ryan james
2: Austin. is number one on my list for jackal should try and get but
0: irish patty ryan down there in ags uh you know you That's got guys patty like james before you know R- LaRome white probably more on L'Rome. the per diem side yeah. yeah you know he's he's that guy that borders it but chris mattina was you know starting the last 10 games look for the L'Rome's AGs up and coming here out. in dallas
2: right now by the way
0: interesting hmm
3: well I don't I don't need no contract signed or anything that the, I'm aware of. But. The only good thing that I will, I want to put a a little positive on this is the league as a whole of what some were worried about of getting a little watered down. I yeah. think it's going to see this huge influx back of these talented players from both these teams get put into some of these squads yeah. that are already established. I, I I hope
2: so. I absolutely hope yeah. so.
3: It'll be great if Dallas snags a couple right oh, and they get young mlr players chicago right. should fill their team with yeah, every right. la austin well, they have they have 16
0: picks and yeah. i got to be honest there's a there's quite a few guys i could think of with with chicago ties so real quick
3: let, let's get hot time.
0: let's get the big guy let's get the big guy in on this let's get hot um talking about the chicago team they already have uk ties in their management um so i know they're going to be probably hitting those uk players hard um lower leagues we're not talking about prem prem guys but the lower leagues guys who we've seen come over from the lower leagues you know we've we've had nick Chavetta's. we've had uh we've had guys go over there recently Evan minturn just went over to doncaster knights you know what i mean so we there have those the guys.
3: guys they need jobs right now
0: <laughs> exactly and you know you know with the with the people they have in the bet we think they have in the back office there they have links to guys you know uh, players who were signed like ben foden and you know uh,
2: what about Matthew what about guys like Cardi and McGinty, who came over here to become basically become Eagles, right? They realized that absolutely they weren't going to be well, national team players over there. Those are guys that they should be targeting.
0: Exactly, and I think you're you're seeing that in in New York with um um you know Rick Salizo targeting some of the players that New York picks up with young guys like Joe Basser. Joe Basser, born in Manhattan, uh, lived his life in Australia. He he's Eagle eligible. You know, he's a young twenty year old lock. That's the type of guys I think. Th- that Chicago can get with their UK ties. Uh, but going to the, to LA and the, and the Austin stuff, you this dispersal draft is going to be a lot of talent. Um, and what you guys have to realize, just like we talk about with the collegiate draft and me and hammer trying to hammer this point, no pun intended. They talk to the players before they draft him. There's rarely an instance where the team drafting the person, the guy's not going to go there because they're already gauging interest. There's a period where they could talk and interview to, to these players. So while they they do have to, you know, sign with the team that drafts them, there's rarely that instance where they don't, you know, because they are the good organizations are having those conversations. Um, so that's one point I wanted to point out. Um, as far as 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 far as you know, player welfare. Me, me, and that me, Hammer, John, and Rick have been on the same train on this forever. Um, they need to unionize they need to have you know some legal uh, bargaining back up there i feel i was telling the guys before the players have been pushing the the players association it has to come from the agents two things the agents are going to be more powerful than the players at this point believe it or not and two it'll it'll help the agents get their fees a little bit higher because they can negotiate better salaries so my point being it's a win for their business it's a win for their players for welfare if if Agents, the guys like at HPMG, all those all those people we know that are agents that used to be players and they're helping these guys get contracts, they have to start pushing the Players Association as well to get
1: better. Coverage. Right. And let's, um, let's car- clarify why that is, right? Because an individual player can go out and complain and be upset and go out on social media, a la, you know, Ben Sima, who's no longer with the team anymore. Yeah, but, he, you know, that can get them blackballed,
0: right? Young, young you, Glory head coach, Ben
1: yeah. Sima. Ben, yeah, ben you know,
3: Sima's. Memes on Instagram are absolute gold. I yeah. love that guy. But you know he
0: can. You know he might get blackballed.
1: Like a team might say, "Well, why would we going to deal with this guy?" Right. But when an agent goes out who represents several several players, yeah. right okay. now it's not coming from a particular player. It's coming from an, a representative of that player. Um, so it's a little. Uh, it's it's more palatable to teams because they don't know a particular player who's making the company. absolutely.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up real quick. What we're gonna do is I want to I want John. Rick and the Hammer, give me a prediction. We're assuming Chicago's going to be in the Western Conference. Where are they going to finish? John, what do you say?
3: Western Oh, Western Conference next year. I would see them finishing 4th to start. Um, but I will say is it saddens me that it's a different crew. I th- I don't think there's a much better place with the built-in support and the built-in academy and potential as Chicago. So I could see them becoming a problem very fast. But regardless if you you know, you stack it with LA and Austin guys, there's a lot of other things that, that were built in for those teams to be successful, not not just the, the you know, the names on the jerseys. Um, but I could, I could see them finishing fourth.
0: Fourth place for John Cullen. Rick, the Chicago Melortinis, where are they going to finish?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say, I think they're fifth above the Jackals next year. Ooh, that's a crusher. Hammer, what you got?
1: Yeah, I, I would concur with that, and not just because I'm a Chicago guy. I I just think that they have, you know, they have the option of of picking up some really solid players from Austin and LA, and don't forget that those two were two playoff teams um, last season. So you know, prior to the disqualification, they were going to both be in the playoffs, and so wow. they're going to have their pick of some strong players at particular positions, and then they can work to fill them in with through the dispersal draft some other players. Um, I, I just think, you know. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the the one thing that Dallas has going for them is they've selected a a really good selection of coach and GM. So they have the nice basis. Question is what what they're going to do. What they're going to be able to do to develop that in short order.
0: Absolutely, I think though their ceiling is fourth place uh, this upcoming season. Um, it takes a while to gel, and as we know, um, northeast teams, the northern teams, don't have the best schedules. Um, mm-hmm. so they might be doing eight away and then eight home, which is not necessarily the best schedule.
1: For, for a, hey time. chicago is beautiful in march
0: i hey, listen don't, else, you, else, i'm not else, the control 100 hold on john 113 march. episodes of this hammer i'm not the convert i'm the guy who wants to be in new york in february in the snow watching the roosters play new england so i don't know why you're taking pot shots at me I've been
1: your, I, I was just stating a fact i mean like <laughs>
0: You know, throwing it back at me like I'm not the number one guy who says stop being a bitch and playing the frigging. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I we
3: Warriors and Glendale both have multiple snow games under their belt. I know that I was mean, great. I don't understand the obsession behind. Like I don't understand this weird obsession of like. Why they were doing, it. especially what they do to Toronto every year? I'm like, makes no it. frigging yeah. sense.
0: I want to go to Toronto in a in a blazing snowstorm to watch the Arrow I League. love
2: watching that that Raptors game in the snow. Was that the, that one? That championship the, game was it?
0: No, that was oh, the last. Really that was right. the last match for them. In the season of 2020, before okay. that was their last ever match, and they came back and won. It was a
2: great yeah. I, I remember watching that live. That was awesome to watch. And
0: and and first hat trick guy in the MLR history. My
1: guy Nick Feeks, who's now at at uh, Rugby United or Rugby New York, uh fell over the try line uh, three times in a blinding yes. snowstorm in Utah.
0: Absolutely. Anyway, guys,
3: yeah, you thank got, you so you much for being thrown out of bounds like 30 seconds before the game, <laughs> game and then Josh
0: ooh. The Apple. Ooh ooh, fight words. But guys, yeah. we'll be fighting later in a later episode, gentlemen. Thank you so much for wrong. joining us. <laughs> <laughs> John's fired up now, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a great episode. We wanted to catch up on MLR. <laughs> um, we got we got another Eagles match coming up this weekend against uh, Hong Kong. Uh, make sure you guys are watching that. Blow them away. Don't forget. Don't uh, forget. You know RPK
1: this week. Check out Nick Chavetta. He's going to be talking to us from the union perspective and all these issues. So you can get it firsthand from a player and somebody heavily involved in the USA rugby players association. Um, and just in case you're wondering the rugby rant doing its due diligence have reached out to the league and asked for a representative to give their perspective on what's happened uh, just in an effort to say objective and uh, fair and balanced.
2: I I'm going to guess no comment. <laughs>
3: Talk.
0: We'll see. Listen, we've had the commissioner like on before. <laughs> we've, we've had the commissioner on before. Hopefully, we can get him or a representative on again. Follow us on social media at Rugby Rant Pod and at The Rugby Rant on Instagram. Guys, it was a pleasure. John, Rick, always love having you on. Rick, mark it down. Three months from now, you will be back on. Uh, we'll <laughs> have John please. on next week just to piss you off. Um, hey, but, guys, thank you, you so much. You better be wearing your Rugby Rant
3: gear. Yeah, I need to order. I know I need to order some.
0: This is how we do it. We bribe them anyway, fellas. That's, That's right. Thank you so much, fans. We'll see you next week. Cheers.